Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast. I am your co-host, one of your co-hosts, Michael. And I'm your other co-host, Eliza. Today we're talking Child's Play, the second movie in our uh, Christmas horror film month, which technically it's not really a Christmas movie. Yeah, were you upset But what was by your that? justification for this? It's during the winter, you get a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Eat the bowl, you know, it's during you get... the winter and you get a gift. <laughs> Did you hear that, everybody? That's Christmas. <laughs> That's... It was his birthday. It just happened to be snowy. Yeah. That's okay. So how's it been going? Oh, you know, it's okay, I yeah. guess. Wintery months. We're getting into the colder December days starting to get really dark out all the time, which is annoying. I don't mind it. See, I, I get seasonal person, depression. I'm the only person in the world that doesn't mind it, that it gets darker earlier in the day. This, which seems so opposite from your personality. To me... Why? Like, I don't know. When, when we knew each other in college, you'd be like, oh, no more Schwartz weather. <laughs> and you used to like the sun. And you're a beach guy. Well... It just seems so weird that you like the winter. The only time I really like hot weather is if, is when I'm at the beach. The rest <laughs> of the time, I hate it. Okay, freak. I, I like I like the night. You know, I like I like staying up. <laughs> I hate getting up. We should move to like Alaska, where it's dark yeah, six well, months out of the year. Alaska is one thought, but I was thinking like Iceland. Let's get out of America. That seems very expensive. So does Alaska. <laughs> Well, yeah, but we're not actually going to do it. <laughs> I've looked at properties in Alaska. Why? There's I've nothing there. To go My dad used to go there every year for an entire month for his job. The month of August, he would go up to Alaska every year. And I was like, that's so cool. And it's so beautiful up there. Yeah, but there's nothing there. Yeah, my favorite thing is nothing. No, I don't I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like things. All you do is stay at home and watch movies. That's your favorite thing. You don't. It's yeah, not like you go anywhere. Don't even I go to the movies. There's gonna be no <laughs> movie can... theaters there. Oh my god! Go over to Canada to see a movie. I'm not gonna go to. I'm not gonna get a passport. Just there's to see a, a movie theater in Alaska. Yeah, but there's probably not that many. You know, honestly, we're pretty lucky. Especially like we live in Pittsburgh, but we have quite a few, like quite a quite a few movie theaters for like a smaller city. Like I've been in, uh, have you ever, you've ever been in like another, like even like when we were in New Jersey, like there's not that many movie theaters around. I've lived in a lot of different parts of America. Not a lot of different parts. I've lived in the South and in the like North. Like when you lived up in New York, were there that many movie theaters around you? Like that were that close by, like within a half hour of you? Well, I lived in rural Western New York. Yeah, but you're close. And there but was you were close, three. Cl- you were closer to Buffalo, right? Well, we were two hours South of two Buffalo. Hours. Um, we were right on the PA New York, um, I guess state yeah, line, yeah. but there was one in Pennsylvania that was within like a 20 minute drive, 30 minute drive. And then one in, but we, there's like so many around us when you think about it, like there, there's, yeah, but it seems like fine for this kind of size city. There's no, but on, like, like I said, like even when we were, we were in New Jersey, but like, we weren't in like a mid-sized city. No, but we were close. We were close to things, and like even. Yeah, but we were near the beach. People aren't going to beach towns to go see a movie. No, but we—if you—you—I mean, I'm saying we're really lucky where we are, because 
especially with the state of movie theaters as it is, it's amazing that there's not like it didn't get cut in half the number of theaters around us yeah, after COVID. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're on something. I mean, yeah, it's not Chicago, New York, L.A., but, you know, it's pretty good for for Pittsburgh. All right, so let's get into it. Tell me about Child's Play. Well, what do you know about Chucky? When did you first, like, when were you first aware of Chucky? I mean, as a kid, I think, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty common movie. I just had never seen it or understood it, but I knew that it was a, a toy that was alive. But I didn't know... <laughs> over half of the stuff that actually happened in the movie. It was really interesting, which we can get into a little bit later into the episode, but I was pretty shocked about how Chucky became alive. I thought he was just a live doll. When was the first time you saw the movie? It was a good question. I mean, it's been a number of years. I don't I don't have a story behind it. When I first saw it, it didn't like change my life like a Halloween or like it wasn't it wasn't on TV all the time. Like Friday the Thirteenth, you had the. We must have it at some point rent rent rented it. My mom or dad must have rented it for me because yeah, like this one was never it was never on TV. Very rare. If it wasn't, I mean, maybe I did catch it on TV. If it was on TV. It had to be on like an HBO or a, an Encore, one of those premium yeah. channels. I definitely never saw it on TV. I mean, I never saw it in the first place, but I don't remember ever seeing it playing either. I just remember seeing images of Chucky. Creepy little bastard. Did you find him scary? Yeah, I found him scary. That's frightening. Do you find doll like are you are you a person that finds dolls frightening? Like if you No, go, my if you, sister. If you go is. into it like something like, you ever been in like an older person's home and they have like a bunch of older dolls. I love porcelain dolls. I, I find them beautiful. And we used to have porcelain dolls as a kid. My mom had a bunch of them, like maybe ten or twelve or so. And a lot of them I kept in my room because I thought they were so pretty. And my sister Amy is like frightened by dolls. Anything with eyes that's inanimate. Or supposed to be inanimate, she thinks that they're gonna come alive. So, do you, what, do you, what do you think she would? Uh, do you think she could sit through this? Movie? No, there's no way she could. No, sit through not this at movie. all. No, not only is the doll alive, but he looks like a clown, and yeah, she's afraid of clowns the, the red, too. I guess the red hair. Yeah, the red hair and his That's frightening face. Oh God, he's frightening. <laughs> yeah, I was scared as hell. Were you not scared? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. This is probably this is probably the scariest entry in the Chucky franchise, but Ch- Chucky becomes kind of like how he, he kind of takes a very similar path to like Freddy Krueger does, where he starts out very terrifying, but he becomes funnier as the series yeah. goes along. He he had some funny. He had a couple lines in here. You can kind of see the yeah, the the start of that, but. To me, Chucky's like a good time, <laughs> and I've never been like afraid of dolls either. So it doesn't that doesn't do it for me. Um, I think it's just the facial contortions that really freaked me out, and how little and mighty he was really freaked me out. That's yeah. I mean, like it's it's definitely scary. It just doesn't. I guess after seeing so many Chucky movies and seeing them so many times now. It's more, it's almost like a comfort movie. Almost like Hall- Halloween is to an extent for me. Comfort movie. <laughs> Very interesting. I like how it was the mom from Seventh Heaven. Catherine Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't know she was in this movie. <laughs> obviously but when she came on screen i was like oh my god the mom from seventh heaven and there were a lot of familiar faces in this movie because the prince from the princess bride chris sarandon was also in it and immediately when he went on screen i was like he looks so familiar yeah, he did yeah i i was freaking out and then i saw his name in the credits and i was like oh the princess bride my favorite movie yeah, he played. He was in. He was the prince in that movie. Prince Humperdinck. Um, <laughs> Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. He was probably brought it on to this movie because he worked with the director Tom Holland on Fright Night. He voiced Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. He was also nominated for an Oscar for his performance in Sandy Sidney Lumet's Dog Day Afternoon in 1975. Yeah, so he's had a long, pretty long, successful career. Yeah, he's a great actor. I like him a lot. And he's handsome. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, sure. Pretty normal looking guy, I don't know. No, I think he has great facial structure. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Chucky, what's Chucky's full name? Charles Lee Ray. Chucky's full name is an amalgam of infamous killers, Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and Durham James Earl Ray. Yeah, that's wild. I, I can see that now, like thinking about his name, J Charles Lee Ray. Like, definitely Charles Manson came to mind. I think anyone who's killer, who's a killer who's named Charles, I think of Charles Manson, though. I think of Chucky. <laughs> Chucky? <laughs> yeah. When they first, when Andy first tells his mom, Karen, that Chucky told him his real name was Charles Lee Ray, I was like, where did they even give him with the, uh, come up with that name? That makes sense. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! <laughs> I, I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Don Mancini is the creator of Chucky. Chucky makes up pretty much his entire career as a filmmaker he wrote he wrote all three child's play movies and bride of chucky he directed and wrote seed of chucky curse of chucky and call of chucky and he created the chucky tv series and has written and directed episodes for that as well Outside of Chucky, Mancini's only other film work is a writing credit for 1987's Cellar Dweller. He also wrote a couple episodes of Hannibal, a couple episodes of a sci-fi channel series uh, that ran from 2016 to 2018 entitled Channel Zero. And he wrote one episode of Tales from the Crypt. Is he still alive? Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, he's, he's working, like, the Chucky TV series, he's working on that. Oh, I, th I don't know why, I thought it was past tense. I didn't realize it was still going on. Did it just start? This is this is the Chucky series that just started. Yeah, I told, oh. me, 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 I told you that I've been wa <laughs> watching it. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are we gonna watch it up for the show? Uh, we'll stick to movies. For I don't now. know. I don't know. We'll we'll see if it gets a third season because we don't know if it's getting a third season. There's been oh, there's already two full seasons. Yeah, there's been talks of of Mancini continuing it, going back to movies for Chucky. Okay. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Mancini's been involved with every Chucky movie outside of the 2019 remake. 
Child's Play. I didn't even know there was a remake. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. He's kind of, Chucky's an AI in that movie, and he's voiced by Mark Hamill, actually. Oh, weird. I don't know if it would be, I feel like it would be less scary as an AI, or like a CGI, whatever it's called. Well, those are two different things. I'm oh, like in the movie, arti- arti- it is an AI, yeah, arti- like yeah, doll. Artificial intelligence, yeah. Right, okay, so. And it is CGI. It is CGI, yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't think it'd be as scary. I didn't find it as scary. Um, I think there's obviously some... I mean, AI itself is pretty scary, but it, I guess it's an interesting reimagining of Chucky, but I, I don't know. It didn't, the movie itself, uh, it doesn't execute it well. So we'll get into the uh, the production, uh, really, and in the inception of Chucky. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about course I, I took it from many sources but there's probably like a definitive source and i encourage listeners to go uh look up this article by david weiner for the hollywood reporter entitled how child's play survived bad test screenings to become a horror classic i give it a read it's definitely probably the most probably like i don't know the definitive piece on child's play uh the production of child's play don mancini's dad worked in advertising so he kind of, he kind of recognized that dolls were big business in the eighties. Yeah, you had like the Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Patch Kids, yeah. There's Hasbro's My Buddy dolls. There were the Gem dolls, Strawberry Shortcake. Mm-hmm. Care Bears, I think, were coming out around that same time. Yeah. So yeah, it was that shit was huge in the eighties. Mancini lists some TV and film influences. For Chucky, there was the Living Doll episode of The Twilight Zone with Talky Tina. Uh, the dummy in Richard Attenborough's 1978 film, Magic. And then when Gremlins came around in 1984, he realized that animatronics could convey emotion very well. So. Yeah. But Mancini ended up selling the screenplay for Child's Play uh, while he was undergrad at UCLA. Didn't finish college. Because after he sold that, he was done. <laughs> and then we get David Kirshner, producer of Child- this Child's Play, and who has gone on to produce every single Mancini Chucky movie. And he's also a producer of the TV series as well. At this time in his career, back in the mid-80s, he was mainly developing projects for Disney. And then he came across Mancini's script, and he connected with it almost immediately. He even ended up sketching up Chucky according to Mancini's description in the screenplay. Oh, cool. He had the overalls, the striped shirt, the freckles, the red hair. But he didn't give him, uh, as Mancini wanted, uh, the flock of seagulls hairdo that the script called for. What does that mean, you've flock never, of you, seagulls? Oh, you've, you've never seen flock of seagulls? The band. No. Look up Flock of Seagulls hairdo and you'll see. It'll come up instantly. (laughs) Oh, God. uh, I've seen this before, but it looks like devil horns, basically. So that would have been a really goofy look for Chucky. I'm glad I didn't go that way. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it would be as scary. I'd just be laughing the whole time. And he ends up pretty much, you know, like that that sketch is pretty much the... The look for Chucky in the movie. Cool. He gets credited as the creator of Chucky in the... David Kirshner in does? The, in the movie. In the, yeah, in the credits. Oh, I didn't he even did. notice that. But he wasn't. He just drew the sketch. Yeah. 
I, I mean, like, yes, like, Don Mancini is the creator check, but, like, the look, sure, yeah. Yeah, but it the was, rough look. wasn't it based off of Mancini's description? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, that's weird. Kirshner presented this, he even presented the sketch at pitch meetings, and then many studios were interested, and eventually it ended up at United Artists. But the script ended up going through some rewrites. John Laffio was hired to do. And then once director Tom Holland became involved, he also retold the script a bit. And so we get Tom Holland. Not that Tom Holland. (laughs) Holland wasn't even born yet. No, he wasn't. Because he's our age. Outside of Child's Play, Tom Holland is best known for his 1985 vampire flick, Fright Night. Which we almost... We almost did. Um, Actually, Fright Night was in the news recently with uh, Herschel Walker was talking about it. Oh, my God. It was was really insane. (laughs) He he was describing the plot of it during a rally. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's really... (laughs) I'll have to watch that later. I couldn't couldn't believe it. Um, Is that a Christmas movie? No. No, but we were going to do it... um, because we were supposed to do a vampire movie before we started our Christmas. Oh, between uh, during the but then we ended up taking yeah we ended up taking a Thanksgiving break. Yeah, we've done a vampire movie. No, we haven't. You're just thinking of trick or treat, which isn't even really vampires. Yeah, but anyway, back to Holland. No, we have oh Monster Club. You, you keep <laughs> not on the podcast. I keep thinking Monster Club. We and even that is like still like that's just a section of an anthology movie, which really like eh. yeah, it was more about the vampoos, <laughs> the shadmocks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Tom Holland, the horror director Tom Holland. He also directed Thinner and Fatal Beauty. He was also credited for the screenplay of. Class of 1984, which is a wild movie. Maybe one day we'll do that. He also wrote the screenplay for Psycho 2. So his name, you know, he carries quite a bit of weight in horror. Cool. He's responsible for the movie being more so straightforward with knowing whether knowing that Chucky is in fact alive. Mancini's original idea was to play with the audience a little bit more. Like, is Andy doing the killing? Or is it Chucky? Holland... Like, Holland is responsible for the voodoo in the movie. He, like, that, that scene in the beginning. Yeah, it felt with, weird with the voodoo. And, and towards the end with John or whatever his name was. Yeah, like the voodoo guy. Yeah. yeah. That would have been interesting to see Andy being made to believe that he was doing the killing. I would have liked to seen that, too. Yeah, I think that... I think like, it would have been spooky. I, I think it would have been a very interesting movie. However... Do we have the Chucky franchise that we do today if they go with that? I don't know. I don't really know. It would be very different. I don't know if there would be a franchise because you can, can you really build off of that first idea? Maybe you can. But I don't know. Because Chucky well, becomes the becomes the star of like he's not yeah. it's not like Michael My it's not he's not like Michael Myers, I mean or or Jason. But I mean just making the audience believe that it was Andy, but it really was Chucky. I think it could have been, it may have been a better movie. But, but I think I it could have think, been a franchise because it wasn't really about Andy still. It was about Chucky. I don't know. I think that, I think it would have been interesting. Holland's also more probably responsible for bringing in 
Chris Sarandon because Chris Sarandon worked on Fright Night. With, oh, with, did with he? Holland. Oh man, now I'm really sad we didn't see Fright Night. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it eventually, for sure. He also brought in Brad Dourif, who play who voices Chucky because mm-hmm. he worked he with him on Fatal Beauty. Um, Charles E. Ray at the yeah, beginning. That's oh, that's him. him? Mm-hmm. Wow, he's creepy looking. That hair. You remember Brad Dourif from anything? No, I don't think so. I'm disappointed. What, what would I know him from? We we watched a movie with him. He was in Exorcist Three. He was the Gemini killer. Oh, did he have that hair? No, it was different. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have recognized him without the hair. But Brad Dorf was very. He's he's voiced every Mancini Chucky project, all the oh, movies, even in the show, all the shows. Yeah, well, that's cool. Even his uh, they do flashbacks of Charles Lee Ray as a human before he. Is transformed into Chucky, and actually his daughter plays him in the flashback scenes. That's cute. <laughs> She's really good, too. <laughs> wow. Know? She also plays another character in the series, too. Huh. But Brad Dorff, you ever, obviously being Chucky, is a horror icon, but he's also done, a, like I said, he was in Exorcist 3. He, was, uh, he plays Sheriff Brackett in Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Interesting. He's really good in those. When are we going to watch those? I don't know. I've never seen any of them. Well, there's only two, but... Oh, I thought there was three. Yeah, he's also been... He was in David Lynch's Dune, David Lynch's Blue Velvet. Yeah, he's a great actor. You have a man crush on him? I don't know if I would say that, but... (laughs) He's a great actor. (laughs) So, Kirshner and Holland butted heads about many things during the production of the movie. Holland says it was a very slow and and laborious shoot production it was like four months long mainly because of doing all the uh the chalky scenes he says it worked like a son of a bitch and that that comes from that hollywood reporter article i mentioned earlier by david weiner they were having a hell of a time trying to successfully capture the animatronic work that really hadn't existed before then so this was really groundbreaking stuff kevin yeager who ended up doing the actual like design design the Chucky doll? He really and helped make it look convincing on screen. I mean, they created a a wide range of Chucky heads that conveyed different emotions. Wow! So was it like stop motion? I don't know how animatronics really work. Well, I don't. It's not stop motion. It's like a robot almost. They're like it's like pup puppetry too. It's like a mechanical puppet. Okay. I'm gonna read directly from the Hollywood Reporter story here. One of the ways the filmmakers enabled Chucky to move more to move convincingly on his own was building the entire set six feet above the ground so the puppeteers could operate the doll from beneath the floor. Holland points out, in order to make the illusion of a doll coming to life work, you need, look, ma, no wires. You need shots that the audience can't figure out. You've got to have shots where you go, holy shit, how do they do that? Yeah, and I loved the, how they used like the camera angles like six inches off of the ground to make it look like it was actually a doll running that made it even scarier. So there's a couple, well, there's there's the one, there's a couple scenes where you see Chucky run. Mm-hmm. There's the the one before he kills Maggie where he runs down the hall. Yeah. That was actually like, that was a kid. Oh. And they still do that quite a bit, yeah, where they use kids like dressed up as Chucky. Cute. <laughs> So the first rough rough cut 
of the film was two hours, and they screened it for test audiences. It didn't go over well. Mancini felt that Holland did a great job of directing the film, but he felt Chucky was on screen way too often. Like Chucky was alive on screen too often? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, the movie's about him. He should be there. They wanted to cut the amount of screen time of the doll, uh, as Holland says, and he said this many times. I've seen it in a few documentaries, actually. He says, no Chucky, no third act. Eventually, creative differences got pretty pretty bad to the point where Holland ended up leaving the film, and Kirshner worked with Mancini to cut down the movie's time. They ended up cutting about 25 minutes of Chucky screen time and even more from the movie. And eventually it hit theaters in November 9th, 1988, and it was number one at the box office that weekend. Ended wow. up making $33 million on its $9 million budget. On opening weekend or overall? Overall. Okay. So we begin the movie with this guy running away from a cop. And it turns out that that's yeah. Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray is running, running from Detective away from Norris. Detective Norris. Um, and he runs into a toy store. And already I'm getting flashbacks to last week's Silent Night, Deadly Night, where... Oh, yeah, another toy store. Another toy store. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And he's, like, hiding just the way... Uh, what was his name? Billy was, like, looking for that woman in the toy yeah. store. That, that I was getting flashbacks to it. I was like, oh, God. And then there's this weird-ass chanting he has when he knows he's going to die. Yeah, what is, what's he saying? Is there a translation or anything for that? Pretty much translates to, in English, to the almighty Dambella, give me the power, I beg of you, to the mercy of my soul, to the point of my death, hear me out from my condemned voice. And we see that Dambella reference later on when they go to charles lee ray's house and it's written on his wall oh it's haitian voodoo i had to look it up because i didn't know what it was almost french but it's more like more like haitian creole Creole. yeah that makes a lot of sense because voodoo i grew up in louisiana and voodoo's like very big down there and that's all french so that makes sense. So was he speaking in that Creole language? Yeah, that's more of yeah. yeah, interesting. He says it in different ways throughout the... Uh, I mean, it, it's in that very, like that language, but he kind of changes it up throughout the uh, franchise. But that's more or less what he's saying. I thought it was weird um, when Charles Lee Ray... So he gets shot in the chest, and he's like, Oh, God, I'm dying. I need to find somebody. I need to find somebody. So he obviously had planned this in advance. Like, there was a good... Ch- I would assume that he knew there was a good chance he was going to die or, you know, get shot, get almost die at some point, because he's... A bad guy. And I'm like, Oh, of course, you're going to put yourself in this stall. And immediately I was like, Wait, so it's a real person? <laughs> I thought just Chucky was its all that became alive one day, you know? I didn't think it was an actual person inside of Chucky. Nope, Charles Lee Ray. That's wild. It blew my mind. I I, I, I sat there and I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and then the store blows up because the lightning like strikes through the building into Chucky, giving... 
Charles Lee Ray a portal to uh, the body of this toy, which there were hundreds of toys in that store, hundreds of good those dolls, dolls, the good guy dolls. Are Do they all have different names? Yeah, you, can, you see it um, later on with the commercial mm-hmm. that Andy's watching where he's like, my... That good guy doll says, like, I'm Oscar. Well, yeah, that's why I was like, wait, aren't shouldn't they all be called Oscar? No, I think they all they all have different names. Interesting. But they all look the exact same, so it's so weird. But anyway, do they make that many dolls for this movie? Like, in the boxes, they were all different vo- dolls, and then they had the doll... Or several different. I mean, made quite a bit dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever Andy goes to school, other kids are also carrying. Yeah, there's like one. You can spot like another kid carrying a good guy doll. Yeah. Yeah. So they must have made like a hundred dolls just for like props for other kids. I'm sure. I mean, like I'm sure, like it's kind of an illusion that there's probably not a hundred dolls actually in there, Mm. but the way it's shot makes it look like there's a hundred dolls. Yeah, immediately seeing those dolls, I was already creeped out, and there were not any stranglers in any of them at that point. <laughs> there weren't any stranglers in any. <laughs> but I was already creeped out from the hair and the overalls and just the eyes, which his whole entire face changes as he becomes more yeah, alive when in the When he comes doll. alive, yeah. You know. Like the eyes become like a lighter blue, and the eyebrows oh god so scary i just can't imagine having my doll talk to me i didn't even like those dolls growing up that did talk mostly because it was just annoying usually like feed me yeah i didn't i don't have many toys that talked we didn't have any action figures that said stuff i I definitely did but i didn't have a lot the because it after a while it's it's it is it's fucking it's repetitive yeah shut the hell up that's a, I was really big into Barbies and Bratz dolls, and they See, don't like, say anything. Because I was so into wrestling as a kid. That's, oh, like when I think, uh, I think back of the toys that I played with a lot were definitely wrestling action figures. Yeah, my brother and I would make our like he had GI Joes and I had like Barbies, and they would date and marry each other. I don't even think I don't know if I ever had a GI Joe. You never had a GI Joe. I don't know if I did. I pro- I probably had one at some point, but like. I don't remember, like, I can't even imagine a time where I was, like, playing with a G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, we had G.I. Joes, for sure. Like, I definitely, like, like I... Did you have army men? I definitely had army men. Yeah. I just... I love playing with army men. <laughs> I make them play with my Polly Pockets. <laughs> but anyway, that's... <laughs> We've gone off subject. But, it, yeah, just the m- amount of dolls in that toy store blew my mind. I used to... I mean, and that's also, I think... A part of Mancini's original vision there of how how prevalent this stuff was back then. Yeah, I immediately connected to the Cabbage Patch Kids because um, I remember like all the Black Friday stuff with people trying to get Cabbage Patch dolls for their their kids. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Also, that movie with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't remember what it's called. Like a family man. No, it's not the family man. That's Nicolas Cage. Um, there's a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's trying to find a doll for his kid. And he dresses up like the superhero later on. Jingle all the way. And I've seen it like probably 10 times. Yeah, that seems like a movie you would have seen it 
20,000 times. It's a good movie. But it reminded me of that movie where he was like trying to find a doll for his kid and poor Karen, which I guess a single mother household. It sounded like their father died. Yeah, was in heaven, as Andy said. It made me feel for her. She was working so hard. And poor Maggie. But anyway, so once the store blows up, which I'm sure the whole store was just overflowing with charred up Chucky dolls or good guy dolls, which I didn't know it was called a good guy doll. I thought they were just called Chucky dolls. Chucky dolls. I thought they were all called Chucky. Nope. Nope. Wrong. And I guess good guy is like a movie or a TV show. Or Yeah, it seems like it's a TV show. Yeah, interesting. And that little kid, Andy, making himself tote, or actually he was making it for his mom, even on his birthday. What a sweet little kid Andy was. Making toast and Fruit Loops for his mom, pouring like heaps of sugar into the bowl of cereal, and then spilling it everywhere. <laughs> I just thought he was so sweet. And he played by Alex Vincent. He did fantastic. He was yeah, only six is... years old. So little. He's in the sequel as well. Did he do anything else after this or before this? Not really. I mean, this is pretty much his whole whole career is Chucky. Oh, man. He's getting it right, I guess. He did really well. Fantastic. And why is this good guy doll $100? First of all, $100 even today seems absolutely ridiculous. There's no way I'd buy my kid a $100 doll. It's a movie. In 1988, $100? I guess it it was pretty groundbreaking technology in Let me look up the inflation now. So in 2022, that doll would cost about $251.91. I bet that's how much like a... If you wanted to buy a Chucky doll, I bet that's how much it would cost. Today? Yeah. Like a Chucky doll. Yeah. Do they have those that like yeah. speak and stuff and like I don't know look if they, at you? I don't know if they speak. You can get a 24-inch talking Chucky doll at Spencer's for $89.99. Oh, at Walmart though, there's a Chucky doll with the good guy box and it's a standard size for $493. That's at Walmart, so. Yeah, I'm seeing some that go up to like 500 Five hundred dollars, some other two hundred, yeah. But I mean, you're not really buying those for a kid. Like you're buying that for memorabilia, collectibles, stuff like that. Like this is a kid's doll (laughs) for a hundred dollars. My mom would have laughed in my face. There's no way that she's trying to get me a Chucky doll. She'd get me a knockoff for like twenty bucks. (laughs) And I would have loved it. Um anyway. So she tries so hard to get him that Chucky doll, finally getting it from a peddler, um, which her best friend Maggie, R.I.P., met this guy who had gotten it from the store that blew up earlier in the movie. And already, before we even know that Chucky's alive, which, I mean, we, we, we do know because we saw Charles Lee Ray put his soul into his body, but before he makes himself or he reveals himself to Andy, even him just doing that first little, hi, I'm Chucky, you want to play? I was like, oh, uh. did you think that was going to be his voice? Yeah. Yeah. I did. And it, it really, I don't understand how he did that too, because there weren't any batteries in him. So how did he know the voice? I guess because it was such a popular doll. I don't know. It's a movie. Yeah. But <laughs> it was weird. And then Andy kissing Chucky on the cheek before he goes to sleep. Oh, poor Andy. Oh, and I loved, um, so when Andy's 
been put to bed and Chucky comes out and Maggie's like on the couch watching TV, reading a book. You hear Chucky's little pitter patter of his feet. That was so good. <laughs> really creepy. Yeah, there's great sound design in this movie for sure. Did the score do anything for yeah, you? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I actually wrote about it a couple of times in my notes. Um, I don't know who wrote the score for this, but I thought they did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, you just need the subtlety, the the minor chords, minor notes in the background to really freak me out. Mari on edge. John Renzetti did the uh, score for Child's Play. Has he done anything else of note? Nothing really of note outside of this yeah he did a good job i thought it was creepy um now with the little hammer the little tiny good guy hammer that chucky used to kill maggie how the hell did did chucky just jump onto the counter and then just like attack her with a hammer and how did he have that much force with this tiny little hammer that she fell out of a window He's a, he, he's an experienced serial killer. I mean, yeah, you're right. Poor Maggie. Yeah, she falls out the window and on top of a car. <laughs> what an insane killing, too. It's so brutal. But then we have Mike Norris showing up again, the detective, to investigate the whole Maggie death. And he thinks it's little Andy. And I'm like, you think that little kid has it in him to put a little hammer to Maggie's head? The sweetest little boy in town in all of Chicago. I mean, real. I mean, that's what I would think. I mean, who, who do you think would have done it? I wouldn't have thought it was Andy. You see the footprints on the the counter. I mean, like it's who? a setup. <laughs> that was my first. I was like, nope. If I come into there, I'm a detective. I'm like, this kid's getting set up. And then Andy keeps telling his mom, like, I know it was Chucky on the counter because he saw the. He sugar. sees the dusty bottoms. I don't know if it's sugar or flour. I think it's sugar. Maybe it was flour. Looks more like flour to me. Yeah, but he was taking the sugar from that same bowl earlier or that same jar earlier for the Fruit Loops. But it could have been just a set. I feel like the flour gets dusty. Sugar doesn't really get dusty, does it? I don't know. I think you can still put footprints in it and have it on your shoes. I don't know. I think it's flour. (laughs) What? Let's call a baker and ask. Okay. Um, Yeah, he sees the powder on his shoes. And he runs out and is like, Mommy, Chucky did it. I know who was on the counter. And she's like, Chucky is a doll. And I'm like, believe your kid for like a second. Go see what he's talking about. Go look at his shoes. And then... I mean, this is all a very logical way to react. I don't think it is. This little boy did not hurt Maggie. Well, no, but I mean, like, you understand why they're reacting the way that they are. Yeah, but I mean... You're not even going to entertain him and go see what he he think why he thinks Chucky did it. Eventually she does. Eventually, my first But I mean my first thought too would be like shut the hell up. What the hell are you you know dolls aren't real. Well, aren't, aren't alive. I mean think about it. The only people that were in the apartment were Maggie, Andy, and Chucky and he just got Chucky earlier that day. That's the only change that has happened in that house. How else? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I think you're crazy. (laughs) I believe my child. I don't know. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who is on the counter. Andy. Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. And then Andy and Chucky take a ride on the L. 
down to the south side of fucking Chicago. The six-year-old kid, newly six years old. He just turned six yesterday. No one's questioning why the six-year-old kid and his companion, Chucky, are on the L going down to the south side by themselves or by his self, himself. I bet that, I'm sure that's how a lot of people react. Like, yeah, uh, that's how. With this little snowsuit. He's so cute. And then they go to Eddie's house. And I was so scared for little Andy outside of Eddie's house because you obviously you know that Chucky's about to blow the whole place up because yeah. he goes to the oven. And I was like, Andy, stop looking for this damn doll and get the hell out of here. I felt so bad. I thought he was going to get blown up. <laughs> Thank God he wasn't. Well, yeah, they're definitely the intention is to play with the audience there and make you believe or, you know, that, Aunt, that Andy's going to get hurt yeah. somehow. And the cops come to pick him up. And Karen goes down to the station. It's a movie. You're fucking. What? What? <laughs> so I gave Mike my phone to look at my notes that I wrote. Before we started before recording. Before we started recording. And my notes are always chaotic. And I have like a billion questions that I type in here. And I wrote, why are these cops questioning this kid alone with three question marks? And Mike responded, it's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a movie. He's six years old. Even in a movie, you'd think he'd have they have to wait for a parent, guardian, lawyer, social worker. Yeah, it's not important. It's important to me. But it's not. Someone with a law degree needs to write a movie, please. And then they take Andy away. I was so yeah sad. after after he uh, is pleading with Chucky to say something, and the. Uh, I felt so bad. Doctors, like, I've seen enough. He's going to spend time in a mental ward with me. (laughs) Just made me so sad. Poor Andy's going to be so fucked up. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, I forgot to mention when Chucky goes into Eddie's trap house, you hear his laugh. And I don't I don't think you hear it before this, but I made note of it. I'm like, oh, God, that laugh is frightening. Yeah, it won't be the last time you hear it. Yeah, I can't even mimic it. I was going to try. I'm not even. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't like it. And then so Karen gets home and she has Chucky with him and she's like, talk you little bastard (laughs) right and she goes to the good guy box picks it up and the batteries fall out and i went (gasps) (laughs) i was like oh my god how did they make that voice how did he do that and she checks the insert on the doll where the batteries go no batteries and his head wheels around and was like wanna play and i was like no she drops him and he rolls under the uh, yeah and you could tell he rolled himself <laughs> there's no way that her dropping the that's toy one of the cre- i think it. that's one of the creepiest um Me too. parts of the movie he just rolls under. i went nope i would have fucking left my apartment there i'm not coming back there i'm selling the place <laughs> you can have chucky and his little demon heart i don't want him picks him back up from underneath the couch yeah, and then that little creepy little fucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you were shocked when he finally came came to life. I right? did not expect him to come to life to the mom. 
I thought he was just going to do it with Andy. She and threatens to burn him alive and eventually. Yeah. Like, you bitch. You filthy slut. I and okay. So like I said before, I didn't realize this was a real person inside Chucky. I thought it was just the doll that came to life. And so I did know before watching the movie that Chucky was a little obscene. And so it didn't really make sense to me how he got so obscene <laughs> as a doll. But now that I know he's a real man, it all made sense. <laughs> and I'm like, this little doll is just cussing away. <laughs> how does he know all this stuff? Because he's Charles Lee Ray. That's why. And I feel so bad for Karen because now she believes Andy. She knows what's going on. And still, Detective Norris doesn't believe her. And I'm like, all right. Now that two people have said it, including his mom, you're still not going to even look into it. He eventually does. He does. Give him some credit. I'll give him a little bit of credit. And then when Karen goes to find the peddler who she bought the doll from... I thought this was fantastic. He tries to rape her. No, even... No, I didn't think that was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope not, but... (laughs) You were like... Yeah, when he tries to rape her. God. (laughs) No. When she's just searching around for him and you just see her talking to these people, but there's nothing actually said. It's just facial expressions and gestures. She's like desperate. And I feel so badly. And I loved how they set up this whole scene. It's like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes long. But I really like that. And the score also plays a role in that as well. And then I'm wondering at this point... Because she finds out from Detective Norris that Eddie Caputo or Caputo, I can't remember. I think it was Caputo. I think so. Eddie. I think of Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium. What? The Long Island medium. Do you remember that? Never mind. It was on TLC, I think. Anyway, Eddie Caputo. Yes, please go on. Who was a known associate of Charles Lee Ray. They already talk about this. Why isn't Karen going, Charles Lee Ray? That's the name that Andy said Chucky's full name was. They just ignore the fact that Andy told her that his name was Charles Lee Ray. I'm like, they should have edited that out of the script if they weren't like, uh, they should have edited it out of the movie or added that into the script that she had already heard that name before. I guess, she, I guess, I guess she just forgot. I mean, I think it, it was just sense. told to her yesterday. That's not a name you forget. I mean, okay. She's still like back at that point. She thinks that Andy's just making up shit still. So I would understand why I, I'd forget it. I'd definitely forget it. I'd be like, I would connect that immediately. Yeah. My son just told me, you know, 12 hours ago that Chucky told him his full name was Charles Lee Ray. I would, I would think he's making up. It would, that name would be out of my head like five seconds after he said it. <sighs> Not me. Not I. Well, we know you're all perfect. So. Uh, that's so yeah. true. Thank you for telling everybody. And <laughs> it's on recording. And then the cop goes to the station because he's like, oh, maybe there is something here, right? Yeah, he looks at Charles Lee Ray's file again. Mm-hmm. Goes back in the car and immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you're being, Chucky's yeah, going to be in the car. <laughs> this cop's dead, which he didn't die surprisingly with all the shit that chucky tried to do with yeah him. this is a great scene uh the the car 
I was scared (laughs) mostly because I don't like having we all know I don't like having no control and if this was me (laughs) driving in this car and I had no control the brakes are cut Chucky's insane he has the strength of a man and a six pound doll (laughs) it's frightening Norris fights back he takes a cigarette lighter and burns Chucky's cheek a little bit Mm -hmm. that's a little plastic I like that effect that was really cool yeah, uh, that's a good, great scene. Eventually, like, it, he ends up flipping the car. And Chucky runs around the car. With his and all, and also before that, it's just uh, him trying to yeah, with stab the knife. Chucky yeah. to stab him through the seat. <laughs> I know, I thought for stuff. sure he was going to get stabbed in the butt, and he oh, didn't. That little bastard, I love him. I don't know about love. How did he get that knife? Because he has it throughout the whole movie at that point. Like, after this point, I should say. Got it from the apartment. Got it anywhere. It had an interesting design. A very unique design. I don't know. I think he has a couple different knives. Is that the same knife he has at the end? Because I feel like it's a different knife. I feel like it looks like a normal, like, kitchen. Yeah, now that I'm thinking back on it, it does look like a normal, like, And then at the end, he has that, like, special knife. Yeah, which still, where did he get that one? I don't know. He's crafty, I guess. So Charles Lee Ray was into some devil shit. We find out about um, when Karen goes to his apartment. Those are beautiful murals on the walls, though. I wonder if he drew them or painted them. Because they were beautiful, as scary and weird as they were. And then we find out about John, who showed Charles Lee Ray either willingly or seems not willingly. about all this voodoo power and so chucky ends up at john's place and he's like i've been shot why does it hurt (laughs) i thought this scene was really scary uh this was probably the the scariest i think for me was at john's place yeah when john just turns around and sees Chucky on his kitchen counter. I'm like, oh, got the goosebumps. And then we find out that the more time that Chucky spends in the doll body, the more human he becomes. And that's why he feels the pain of the shot to the chest or to the arm. I think it was the shoulder. Yeah. His right shoulder. And then Chucky pulls out this voodoo doll that John has of himself. And he's like, tell me what I need to do to become human. Or to get out of the doll. To basically. get out of the doll. And he starts breaking the leg on the voodoo doll and then the arm. Oh, I thought this scene was great. Yeah, great, great sound design here, too. Oh, the bones cracking. And then, obviously, Chucky ends up stabbing the voodoo doll, which means John then is stabbed and Yeah, and he bleeding. finds out that he has to tell the... He has to get Andy, because he was the first one he told. Yeah, the first, first one he reveals himself to. to. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I get to be six years old again. <laughs> like, Jesus, Chucky. Yeah, and then we find out that the only way to kill him is through his heart. Yeah. And John is telling Karen and Detective Norris when they show up, you have to stop him before he can say the chant. And I'm like, John kind of deserves to die a little bit because you've been telling this guy all this shit about being like transformed. Maybe he didn't know who he was. I don't know. It seemed like he did. It seemed like he knew Charles E. Ray very well. And seems like Charles E. Ray knew John very well because he knew where he hid the voodoo doll. 
it seems like they were both into some nefarious shit. Maybe. Maybe Charles a little bit more. Because <laughs> he actually strangled people. But who knows what John did? I don't know. And we will never know. And then Andy, back at the uh, the mental hospital... I don't, I don't think it's an asylum, but there were bars on the windows. I was like, this poor little kid is in this like jail cell, basically. Yeah, Chucky hunts him down. Chunky. 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 <laughs> Chucky. Chunky. <laughs> Chucky walking up like the fire escape and, and trying to find um, little Andy, go into his room. And Andy's so smart. Little six year old, so smart. I guess being on his own, you know, he pulls the same move that Jamie or that, um, oh my god, I wanted to call her Jamie Lee Strode again. Laurie Strode, Strode. (laughs) I knew where you were going, but I was like, it's taking him a minute. Laurie Strode does in Halloween, too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the pillow under the blanket. I didn't even connect that. It did, it even Michael came up to her with a knife, too. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I need a scalpel, but yeah, oh, a yeah, scalpel. same, same deal. Oh, but before we even get to that part, little Andy crying, telling the doctor that Chucky's coming to kill him, and he just like sits in front of the door and he's just like crying. I'm like, this poor little kid. He's like, Chucky's gonna kill me. Help me, help me. I'm like, oh, poor Andy. Yeah, he's uh, he's really convincing in that scene. He for really sure. is. It made me almost cry. And then the doctor's, like, trying to, like, sedate Andy. And I'm like, just fuck it. Why isn't anybody listening to this kid? It's so sad. And then Chucky stabs the doctor with a scalpel that Andy had in his hand when he was waiting for Chucky. Um, And then, oh, yeah, they hook him up to that electric shock thing. And his eyes, like, bleeding and his mouth bleeding with his face all charred. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was really cool. I loved that. I was like, this looks great. And the couple. <laughs> so this is when Chucky gets funny. All right. Chucky goes back to the apartment. Yeah, because that's where Andy runs off to. Because that's where he feels safe. And (laughs) he's in the elevator. There's an older couple on the elevator and they turn and the woman says, oh, someone left their doll in the elevator. And the dad's like, or the husband was like, just leave him there. Whoever left him will come back. And she goes, what an ugly doll. And Chucky goes, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) That's what he says. Fuck you. And then... So Andy back at the house, this reminds me of Kevin McAllister in Home Alone, where he's like setting up a little trap for him. I know it's funny that you mentioned that because next week I'm going to compare our movie to Home Alone. Oh, interesting. And then Chucky comes down the chimney like Santa. Yeah, he does. <laughs> See, there's some Christmas stuff. I was about to say, it is a Christmas movie. The, the um Actually, you know... I do think that the John and Chucky scene is really scary, but there is a scene where when Karen's gun jams when she's shooting at Chucky and Chucky lunges at her, freaks me out. That was frightening. And then Andy's setting fire to Chucky and he goes, this is the end. Well, yeah, Chucky says. He's like, don't do this. We're We're friends. We're friends to the end, remember? This is the end, friend. (laughs) Yeah. So cute. And I'm like, okay, so they're burning Chucky alive, but 
John said the only way to kill Chucky is through the heart. So burning him alive is not going to do anything. Yeah, I guess you assume that if you burn him alive that, you know, the heart burns too. But not in his case. There's a lot of plastic to get through. And then obviously he is still alive. And Karen's still shooting at Chucky after running out of the off. Yeah. Shoots one of his legs off. And one of his, one arms. of his arms off. And she just keeps shooting even after she runs out of bullets because she's so frightened. Um, and then the scene where Detective Norris finally shoots Chucky in the heart and he's like bleeding and he like gets thrown back into the wall in the bedroom. That was pretty good. I like the effects there. Yeah, no, I mean, like, because the, before that, Detective Norris's colleague shows up and picks up the head, and he's like, this thing's alive, huh? And Chucky's charred body bursts through the the vent there. Yeah, headless strang- body. Str- yeah, strangles him. <laughs> and he's like, who's gonna believe me? Or whatever, after Detective Norris is like, do you believe me now? The end of the movie is uh, Andy looking back at Chucky. Or, well... Chucky's headless, bleeding, armless, legless doll body. And it just ends on a still of Andy. So you kind of left with this feeling of there's more. I don't know if you felt like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, is he dead? Like, can you kill this doll? Like, what's going on? I have to wait and find out. I guess so. How did you like it? I mean, yeah, I I, I mean. Was it as good as the first time you watched it? Uh, I think I appreciate it more than the first time I watched it. Because when I, when I first saw this, I was a kid, and I didn't find Chucky to be particularly scary. Really? Yeah, it didn't do it for me as a kid. I would have been more scared 15 years ago. I appreciate the animatronic work and like mm-hmm. the design of Chucky and really how making... Really making him come to lot to life um, a lot more than I did when I was younger. Yeah, I'd like to see like a behind the scenes or like a documentary or something on how they made Chucky, how they made the movie Child's Play, I should say. Which, by the way, I also thought the movie wasn't. I didn't even know the movie was called Child's Play till like a year ago. As it was Chucky. Yeah, the first the first three in the Chucky franchise are Child's Play movies, and then. It, Chucky is in the title. The rest of everything's of Chucky after that. Yeah, what did you think? I liked it. What did um, you like about it? I guess there wasn't anything I didn't like about it. I liked it a lot. I liked their performances in the movie. I thought everyone did a fantastic job. I liked... I feel like all these movies that we watch from 30 plus years ago are really great at sticking to the story. I always say it to almost all the movies from the 80s that we have watched so far, that there's no fluff. We're just getting straight to the point, getting to it. I mean, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, Maggie's already dead. I love it. I don't want to sit around and wait for something freaky to happen. Like, it was good from the beginning of the movie. I just didn't have to wait for the meat, which I love. I thought... What was her name? Catherine Hicks. Yeah, the mom. Yeah, yeah, she did fantastic. Little Andy was awesome for, I'm assuming, his first role ever. And Chris Sarandon, my my pretty Prince Humperdinck, did fantastic too. And obviously He's Chucky. The only one of the, the 
big th well, I guess, you know, four. Um, so I'm like, eh, you know, he's fine. Ah. He doesn't, I mean, like, you know. Oh, I loved him. He's not bad. He's not, it doesn't leave an impression on me either. He left an impression on me. And Catherine Hicks and Alex Vincent as Andy, they're great. Yeah. They had they're a lot of chemistry too as convincing. mother and daughter. Or yeah. mother and daughter, mother and son. Yeah. But she, she to me, because I grew up watching Seventh Heaven, she to me is like the quintessential like TV movie mom. I think she does a fantastic job in a mother role. I don't think I've seen her in anything other than as a mom. I've never seen Seventh Heaven. So. And you're not missing much. I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I'd like it now. But anyway, yeah, I give it a I give it a solid four out of five. I go three and a half out of five. Yeah. Why do you give it a three and a half and not a four? Um well, you know. Just feels right. Just feels right, I guess. <laughs> uh yeah, make sure to let us know when you're the like when the first time you watched Child's Play was and tell us how you liked it. If you thought Chucky was frightening. If you still think he's frightening. I think he's more frightening today than I did when I was a kid. Those facial expressions, really. They're amazing. <laughs> so scary. Um, and as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FinallyGirlPod. We just reached 1,000 followers on Twitter, so thank you guys for that. <laughs> and also, subscribe on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, if that's your thing. Give us a rating. And give us a suggestion of what other horror movies you guys want to see us uh, or hear us talk about. Some in-depth background from Michael and some off-the-handle comments from Eliza. See you next week. See you next week.